Hello, and welcome to the Dr. Jocker's Functional Nutrition Podcast, the show designed to give you science-based solutions to improve your health and life. I'm Dr. David Jockers, doctor of natural medicine, chiropractor, and functional nutrition practitioner, and I'm the host of this podcast. I'm here to tell you that your body was created to heal itself. And on this show, we focus on strategies you can apply today to heal and function at your best. I'm excited about today's podcast. But before we jump in, I wanted to remind you to download this month's special gift at drjockersgift.com. From keto meal plans, smoothie recipes, to fasting quick start guides, we have a new complimentary gift every single month. To get your gift, simply visit drjockersgift.com. That's D-R-J-O-C-K-E-R-S-G-I-F-T.com. Thanks for spending time with me, and let's go into the show. I wanted to take a moment and tell you about one of my favorite companies, Paleo Valley. They make some of the world's best health products, and I really love their Essential C Complex, which is one of the only immune-boosting products on the market that's made from whole food sources of vitamin C that your body can effectively absorb. You see, most vitamin C products only contain a fraction of vitamin C called ascorbic acid. This is the synthetic form of vitamin C, and it's often processed with GMO corn. With Essential C Complex, you get the full spectrum of vitamin C with all the additional nutrients, minerals, and bioflavonoids that make it so powerful in the first place, the way nature intended. Paleo Valley Essential C Complex contains three of the most potent sources of vitamin C on the planet, the unripe acerola cherry, the amla berry, and the kamu kamu berry. The acerola cherry alone is 120 times more potent than an orange. The daily recommended amount of vitamin C was decided upon based on the amount of vitamin C you need to not get scurvy, not really the amount you need for a stronger immune system. And this is why Paleo Valley Essential C Complex contains 750% of your daily recommended value of vitamin C, completely sourced from nature. So you can thrive, not just survive. You see, vitamin C is an extremely fragile nutrient, and it can very easily lose potency if it's not processed correctly. So Paleo Valley has worked with the most responsible manufacturers they could find to gently break down each of these fruits. And to guarantee no vitamin C was lost in the processing, they recruited a non-biased third-party tester to confirm it contains the amount they put on the label. Because in times like these, when everything seems uncertain, your immune system shouldn't be. Paleo Valley Essential C Complex is non-GMO, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, dairy-free, and made with all organic superfoods. No fillers or flow agents that you'll find in most supplements. Nothing weird, just food. Check out paleovalley.com and use the coupon code JOCKERS just simply my last name, Jockers, J-O-C-K-E-R-S today to get 15% off your order. This is one of the most fascinating interviews I've done for this podcast. You guys will see, you know, there's so many people that are struggling with 
limbic system issues where they are responding to stressors in an abnormal way. And so they, their body, their brain is perceiving an elevated level of stress in an environment where the stress shouldn't be elevated. And because of that, they're driving up inflammation. They're not allowing their body to heal. And so this is really an area that we've got to look more in more detail at is what's happening in the limbic system and the part of the brain that kind of is patterned to protect us and put us into survival mode. And I've got this great interview with Ashok Gupta, who is an expert in this area. Now, I mistakenly called him a doctor in this interview. He's actually not a doctor, but he is extremely well-trained and he has a phenomenal program, world-renowned program called the Gupta Program, which is really all about brain retraining, resetting your limbic system so you don't respond to stress with kind of a hypervigilance or a you don't have a hypersensitive response to stressors in your life. So one person may respond to a certain stressor and uh, be able to have more resilience and, and, and be able to adapt to it a lot more effectively than another person. And that oftentimes is because of what's happening in the brain and how the limbic system is uh, perceiving that stressor. And so we go into that in this interview. You guys are going to really love it. And if you're interested in the Gupta program, I have a link in the show notes. And if you go there, if you go to the Gupta program, if you go to his website, you can use the, the coupon code JOCKERS at checkout to get 50 $50 off. So great membership. This is a, a program that I've sent a lot of my clients, particularly clients that have plateaued. You know, I, I've uh, utilizing nutrition strategies, supplement strategies, all kinds of advanced lifestyle strategies, and yet they're plateaued. They're just not getting better. You know, they go through this Gupta program, and oftentimes we see amazing results with it. So I definitely would recommend checking that out. And again, use the coupon code JOCKERS at checkout. That'll save you $50 off of his membership. So with that said, guys, um, oh, if you haven't subscribed to our channel, please do. That way you get all of our updates. And please leave a review. If you're, if you're listening regularly, if you're getting value out of these interviews, please leave us a review. Your reviews help us impact more people and change more lives. So let's go into the show, guys. Be blessed, everybody. Bye. Welcome back to the podcast. Really excited about today's episode. I've got Ashok Gupta here. We're going to talk about brain retraining strategies for chronic pain, for anxiety, chronic fatigue. This is really powerful information. And Ashok Gupta is an internationally renowned speaker, filmmaker, and health practitioner who's dedicated his life to supporting people through chronic illness and to achieving their potential. He's published several medical papers, including one that, um, that he just sent over to me. It's out of the Journal of Clinical Medicine. It's mindfulness-based program plus amygdala and insula retraining for the treatment of women with fibromyalgia. And so I know that's a lot of <clears throat> high-level words right there talking about different parts of the brain, but we're going to go into that in this podcast and really make it applicable for you, the listener. And if you know people that are suffering with anxiety, with chronic pain, with fibromyalgia, this is definitely a great podcast to share with them. It's going to be really empowering for them and give them strategies they can, they can start to, to take action with to really take back control of their health. Uh, let's see, doc, Dr. Gupta, he, um, he developed the world-renowned Gupta program, which launched in 2007, and he has helped many recover their lives from complex chronic illness. He also developed a, an app called the Meaning of Life Experiment, 
that has 4.7 star rated app, really powerful stuff with videos and meditations. And then in 2020, he created and hosted the free 10-day coronavirus challenge, which is helping thousands of others taking the pledge to reduce the spread of the virus through boosting the immune system, reducing anxiety, and saving lives. So, uh, Ashok, welcome to the podcast. Hi there, David. Lovely to see you, and thank you for inviting me. Yes, absolutely. Well, I know that you struggled, and <clears throat> really, you know, just kind of like me and, <clears throat> and so many other people in the, in the field, you have a pain-to-purpose story where you struggled with chronic fatigue, and then you developed systems that helped you overcome that, and now, you, now you're out helping so many other people. So let's talk about your story. Yes, and I guess many of us who are involved in this area have been on a, a similar journey because it's only once we've experienced it ourselves that we can truly empathize with, with people. So my journey is uh, many years ago, 25 years ago, when I was studying at Cambridge University doing my undergrad, I um, developed some kind of strange illness um, as a result of um, going to India, in fact. So I'd gone to India for you know a, a holiday. And as a result of that, um, I came back and then just had excruciating symptoms. Yeah, this was in my second year of university. Yeah. And from then on, those symptoms never abated. They just continued. And um, as you can imagine, suddenly it's a brick wall in front of you. Yeah, no matter what happens, you just couldn't, don't have the energy, you don't have the health. And I thought my life was over because doctors would say, there's nothing you can do about this. That's it. You know, mm. and I would go from practitioner to practitioner trying to understand. And that really was my journey, my start to understand well, what causes these conditions and how can I support people through it? For sure. And, and what did you find out? So you went to India, you know, a lot of people when they're traveling get parasites or they get some sort mm. of infection that drives inflammation. And obviously that inflammation can impact the brain. Mm -hmm. um, did you find out what, what kind of the root cause was? Uh, no. So I went through all the investigations as to what yeah. might be causing this condition. But really what they found was that the bug itself went, but mm. I still had the ongoing symptoms. Mm. So um, it's like so, traumatic stress from the actual infection. Yes, absolutely. And that's similar to the way that we describe these types of conditions. Um, it's a learnt response, a traumatic response, but not in a psychological sense, but actually in a physiological sense. And that's what it felt like. So from then on, that started my journey to say, right, I want to discover what causes these conditions. Mm. And I then researched a lot of the brain neurology of stress, the brain neurology of emotion and illness, and put that together with a lot of physiology that I was studying um, off my own back at the time. And then wrote a medical paper, which was published online in 99, and then we published it in the journal of um, the medical hypotheses journal in 2002. So yeah, that was really my journey from being sick to then uh, writing a paper about it and then healing myself. So during the writing of that paper, I understood what was going on. I was experimenting with my own brain and then was able to retrain it and get back to full health. And I've been healthy ever since. And that was the Gupta program that you, know, you later created. And that's basically what you use. You were testing it on yourself. And in that program, you talk about limbic retraining and specifically the amygdala and the insula, two key parts of the brain. Mm -hmm. Tell us what those structures do. Like what's, what's the function of those? Right. So amygdala, there's two of them that sit behind our eyes mm -hmm. and their role is to take in incoming sensory data, process it according to what is dangerous or what is life-threatening and create the emotional context. So emotions are essentially survival instincts, like fight or flight. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. So it creates the emotion, the emotional context of what we're experiencing, and then creates the emotional response and the physiological response and the immune response um, to protect right. and save us, essentially. And communicates with the rest of the brain in terms of what memory is traumatic or what experiences might be traumatic and warn the brain about that. So if we're about to put our hand onto a hot plate, but we feel mm-hmm. fear, that feeling of fear is don't put your hand on the hot plate. So that's how the, the amygdala works. And then the insula um, is a, a brain structure that strictly isn't in the limbic system, but sits in the, uh, the cortex, between the limbic system and the cortex. And the insula's job is to take in incoming sensory data from the body specifically, not only the external environment, the, the body specifically, interpret it and then create the appropriate response which maintains homeostasis. So it's almost like the mass controller of uh, the immune system, the nervous system, mm. etc., that often isn't talked about, but it plays a, a very crucial role, and pain perception and pain modulation as well. Uh, same with the amygdala. So both structures have similar roles, with the amygdala very much focusing on emotional context and the outside world and the inner world, but the insula specifically about the inner world. Hmm. Yeah, really fascinating. And those, and basically those, those. Uh, systems are all designed to help keep us alive and, and to survive. They're all built mm-hmm. for survival. And for some people, if they've been through a lot of trauma, they can kind of be hypersensitive, right? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what you're looking at when the limbic system is just overwhelmed, right? Is that correct? Yes. So if I can just describe <coughs> how these illnesses work, and that will give us yeah. a good context to, to d- describe the answer to your question. So Imagine when we are stressed, when we're anxious or under a lot of pressure, let's say, uh, and this even happens to, let's say, marathon runners, for instance, mm-hmm. we've got a lot of physical, emotional or mental stress in whatever capacity that might be. And it's combined with some kind of physical trigger. So that physical trigger could be uh, mold exposure. It could be a bacterial infection, uh, a virus like COVID-19 um, mm-hmm. or any other kind of a trigger to the body. Combination of those two things, as well as a genetic vulnerability to that kind of illness, then may trigger an altered response in the brain. Because if we ask the biggest question of all, why are we here? <laughs> right? yeah. Now, if we ask that question from a philosophical perspective, then obviously that, that we, could, we could talk about that for hours. But from a, um, a scientific perspective, we're here because over millions of years of evolution, this nervous system, this immune system has adapted and survived and made sure that we now are tuned to peak perfection to deal with the environment. Okay. And so suddenly when we've got a flu, let's say, and we're very stressed, our immune system's uh, effectiveness is lowered. And so there's a survival threat there. Because as we now know, and it's become, you know, really in our mind's imagination, flu does kill many people, many thousands of people every year. And so the brain makes a perfectly logical decision, which is we need to over-defend against this flu virus. Just like with COVID-19, the immune system goes into overdrive and over-inflames the body as a last-ditch emergency response. So we know there's evidence of this. But by doing so, it then gets stuck in that state. It's like you Mm. press the switch, but the switch doesn't pop back out again. And from that moment onwards, even once the original sensitizing event has gone, so the mold exposure is no longer there, the the virus is no longer there, the Lyme disease is no longer, you know, the the core uh, bacteria isn't necessarily there in large proportions. It's left a legacy in the brain, which the brain says, right, anything that reminds me of the original sensitizing event must mean we're still in that danger response and that danger experience. Mm. I must over-trigger the immune system and the nervous system according to that genetic vulnerability 
physiological experience at the beginning of the condition and any other vulnerabilities that person has. So that's the legacy. That's the conditioned response in the brain. And a crucial word that I want to share with people, two words I want to share with people yeah. is differential activation. So in neurology, it's a beautiful term, which essentially means if before 10 units of mold or 10 units of, uh, let's say, uh, some bacteria would trigger 100 units of immune response. Mm -hmm. Now, one unit mm. of that initial sensitizing uh, substance can now still trigger 100% response in the body. And that explains yeah. to me so many different conditions. And when they've done this analysis on in animal studies, it's generally the amygdala, the insula, prefrontal cortex, anterior cingulate, the same brain structures come up again and again as the root cause. Yeah, really interesting. So, so people are basically closer to threshold. And um, you know, like with, with fibromyalgia, for example, you know, one of the big mechanisms there is a hypersensitivity. So what you know, what may, <clears throat> for most people, they wouldn't, uh, a certain stimulus wouldn't cause pain or wouldn't cause discomfort. That same stimulus can cause intense discomfort for the person with fibromyalgia. Exactly. And there's a beautiful mechanism that we've described in many of our medical papers, which is this idea of the stress signature, especially in fibromyalgia. Yeah. Um, and let me describe that. So let's say somebody has a car accident mm -hmm. or they have a localized pain in their part of the body um which is there now according to our process that i've described that localized pain syndrome can generalize to the entire body and so the signaling is coming up to the brain through the peripheral nerves and becomes magnified in the periaqueductal gray the thalamus all of these brain structures uh magnify the signaling because the brain is hyper intent uh, hyper vigilant mm -hmm. those signals come up to the amygdala and the insula and the amygdala insula think right we may well be in danger here, much more than the original situation. Let's overstimulate the immune system and nervous system and direct inflammation to where the pain is. So there's a direct, and that's the brain thing, that's the, yeah. the brain's logical decision. I must inflame right. the areas where there's potential infection sites. So it inflames that part of the body. Now, let's say that's your arm. That then sends signals back to the brain saying, we're still in danger. And you can see that vicious loop where the brain and yeah. the body are constantly responding to each other. So now whatever was the original source of that pain is irrelevant because the body itself is creating the very response which it is responding to, which is right. why people can have these illnesses for, for years, decades, because it's a closed loop. There's nothing external yeah. that's necessarily uh, required. And on top of that, we get inflammation in the brain. So the brain is a generalization, uh, generalizing machine. So if it feels there's something is sensitive like a perfume, it may then also find that uh, the, the smell of gas will also be uh, something it's sensitive mm. to. So you find people with chemical sensitivities right. then generate multiple chemical sensitivities or multiple mold sensitivities and light and sound sensitivities because the brain has got into that uh, hypersensitive response and generalizes. So now something that started off as a pain in your arm can now become fibromyalgia in all parts of your body. Something that started off as a flu virus can now start creating intense symptoms throughout your body. And that's how I believe a lot of these conditions start. Yeah, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. So the brain is no longer adapting to the proper environment. It's um, just locked into a survival mode. And inflammation we know helps basically protect against bacteria, systemic bacterial infections. You know, bacterial infections have killed more people throughout the history of mankind than anything else from meningitis, pneumonia, things like that. So it's adapting, thinking that, okay, I've got to 
I'm at risk for some sort of infection coming in. So I've got to create this inflammatory storm, but we're really not at risk. Our body shouldn't be creating that sort of response. And so you mentioned several different symptoms like chemical sensitivities. We've talked a little bit about fibromyalgia. What are some other symptoms that are associated with like a limbic system injury? I put all of these conditions under the banner of neuroimmune conditioned syndromes, um, which I believe describes uh, ultimately the underlying cause and the reason so many people have different symptoms. And no two patients are the same. We'll We'll often find that in the clinical environment because once the conditioning has occurred, it's unique to that individual. So we may separate this as chemical sensitivities, but what happens if someone's got chronic fatigue and chemical sensitivities? Which yeah. way around is it? Which is the dominant injury, as it were? So along this spectrum, we can have uh, more of the sensitivity syndromes, which are related to uh, chemicals and food. So we also treat food, uh, treat food sensitivities. And the other end of the spectrum can be things more related to pain, and which is more internally or pretty much fully internally generated. And along that spectrum, there can be multiple signaling. Um, So we can have pain and chronic pain syndromes at one end. Then we can have chronic fatigue syndrome, which if people haven't experienced ME or chronic fatigue, it's like your worst day of flu times 10 Mm. is the way to describe it. So uh, immune symptoms, so your glands getting swollen, sore throats, you can feel physically, mentally, emotionally exhausted, cognitive issues, memory challenges, difficulty thinking. I mean, I remember when I was ill, I tried to open up a textbook and my eyes would be scanning the words, but I literally could not focus on what mm. the meaning was. So just a brain fog. Yeah. Um, and then with chemical sensitivities, you're getting those allergic type responses to even small elements of, of those fragrances. Same with mold as well. Um, so yeah, generally you've got sensitivity reactions, you've got intense fatigue and then pain. And there's many other symptoms, obviously, uh, that people experience. Right. Muscle aches and muscle pain is a real difficult one for people because it just doesn't seem to have an explanation. Mm-hmm. But when you really interview patients, they realize that they're tensed up, that they're holding their bodies in a, in a state of tone ready to react. And if anyone's ever tried this, you know, if you hold your leg up for a few minutes, you'll get a buildup of lactic acid and a buildup of pain, which is precisely in a minimal form what people with fibromyalgia are experiencing. Yeah, that makes sense. And I would I would go further and say really almost any health condition where you have tried to make lifestyle changes, you've tried a lot of the healthy nutrition approaches, exercise, improved your sleep, you've taken some key supplements, addressed some different nutritional deficiencies, and yet you just seem to hit a plateau, you're just not getting results. And if you're stuck and locked in that, you really got to start to look at that limbic system. And mm-hmm. it's kind of like what you were saying, a lot of times when people think about limbic system, they think about it as some sort of major emotional event, like possibly being abused as a child or having a divorce or bankruptcy, you know, some sort of major um, emotional trauma. But what's interesting about what you're saying is it may have been a physical trauma or a chemical trauma or like a, a micro trauma, like for example, getting a parasite infection, something along those lines that left a scar inside the system. Um, you know, and then now that's actually playing itself out with this sort of limbic injury. Yes. And you've picked up on something really important, which is it is modern medicine that makes this artificial differentiation between yeah. the emotions and the physiology. As far as the brain's concerned, what do I need to do to survive? 
and protect mm. myself. And that will involve mental, physical, emotional responses in a coordinated response, which is why when we have flu, we feel tired, we feel exhausted, demotivated yeah. to force us to rest and allow the immune system to fight. So in this, the reason that the modern medical profession finds it difficult to treat these illnesses is because of that separation. You know, we have a separate immunology department, a separate physiology department, separate psychology department. But this is a defense from the brain. It's a software system which is doing exactly and perfectly what it thinks is the right thing to do and now needs updating. Hmm. And so that software response, as it were, is um, does not differentiate between emotions and physiology. And mainstream medicine is really about treating the hardware. So yeah. It's very good at treating the hardware, treating the body like a car, right. in a very reductionist capacity and saying, right, something wrong with the engine, let's fix that. But what happens if there's something wrong with the electrical system? Right. And I just want to obviously uh, let people know that I am being interviewed right now in a car, <laughs> which yeah. is the ironic. I thought I'd bring in this analogy that the car, actually, modern cars, the things that tend to go wrong with it are the electrical systems because they're so complex. And so actually, some it looks like something's wrong with the engine, but it's the electrical system which is sending mm. the wrong signals or short circuiting or there's a water leak and it short circuits. So that is the analogy to take that the medicine is good at treating the physical hardware. But now we need the electrical engineer to come in and treat the electrical system within the car. And that's what we're fixing with brain retraining. I just wanted to take a quick moment to let you know that this episode of the Functional Nutrition Podcast is sponsored by our friends at Paleo Valley. They make the most powerful, pure vitamin C supplement you can get. Because unlike most vitamin C supplements containing synthetic ingredients that are created in the lab, Paleo Valley Essential C Complex is made from three of the most potent whole food sources of vitamin C on the planet. Nothing weird, just food. Check them out at paleovalley.com and use the coupon code JOCKERS, J-O-C-K-E-R-S, to get 15% off today. Yeah, that makes so much sense. So let's talk about where you get started. So you've created the Gupta program uh, to, to, to retrain the brain, to help retrain the limbic system. So how, how do you go about doing that? Like, where does somebody start with that? Right. So I think the, the first thing is recognizing that there is a way forward. So I know so many people feel so negative and like, there's no way I can get better from this. And they join the support groups who tell them there's no cure, uh, especially yeah. in the field of MECFS. And the first starting point is to know that many people have got better from these conditions. There is a way through, there is hope, because that's the first starting point of any uh, major change that we want to make and an acceptance of where we are. So that's the first point of call is feeling a sense of acceptance. Then I think the next step is what we do in brain retraining is we encourage a patient to do three things, the three R's of the Gupta program. So firstly, retraining, retraining the brain. And that involves recognizing the signaling because this signaling is unconscious. You know, it's not in the mind. It's not a person's fault. It's completely unconscious. So mm. I want to dispel any myths that we're saying it's in the mind or it's uh, psychological. These are real physical illnesses with injuries in the unconscious brain. No one's to blame for this. But once we recognize that, now we can actually use some of the mechanisms within the prefrontal cortex and the anterior cingulate and all these brain structures, which are a conscious awareness. We can start using those structures to retrain the unconscious structures. So we teach a patient to recognize the unconscious signaling and then do a specific seven-step process that we spent 20 years designing to really be able to retrain 
those responses into safety responses. And in some of the neurological research, this involves safety neurons being projected from the front of the brain, our conscious rational mind, mm. down to the amygdala, down to the insula, down to limbic structures to instruct the brain that the world has changed. We are no longer in those specific dangers. But these aren't cognitive behavioral processes. They're not anything like that. These are, can we only describe them as uh, brain retraining. So that's the first mm. R of the Gupta program. The second R is relaxing the nervous system. Because if somebody is very anxious or there's a lot of activity in the brain, the brain is less rewirable. And we know that from some research. But actually, we use lots of different uh, relaxation techniques, meditative techniques, even if someone's very anxious, to calm the brain overall so it becomes more malleable and pliable and rewirable. Mm. It's a very, very important yeah. aspect of it. And also, as you've mentioned, the lifestyle of healthy diet, sleep, anti-inflammatories, all those kinds of things that we know support yeah. people's general health. And the third one, which is often missing, is re-engaging with joy. Mm. That actually, yeah. if we're depressed, if we're anxious, if we feel our life isn't going anywhere, then actually that blocks some of the rewiring. So we encourage people to, um, and we give lots of techniques, how to re-engage with the things that really matter to us to discover what matters to us to engage with those joyful moments it reminds me of the you know the film patch adams and that very famous doctor who used humor and yeah. laughter to heal so many people and it's a very important important part of uh, retraining the limbic system so we call these the three r's and it's like a dove flying so a dove needs two wings to fly so you need that retraining and the relaxation and it needs tail feathers um, to have a direction. That's the re-engaging mm. of joy. So it's that overall package that we find gets people back to health. Yeah, absolutely. And you use breathing techniques as well as meditations with that. And how does that work to, is that all part of the calming the brain? Yes. So Relaxing the we brain? know, exactly. So we know that every time we have an emotion or a yeah. reaction, it changes the pattern of breathing, the rhythm of breathing. Mm -hmm. And this has been known in the ancient times for, for thousands of years. If we then change the pattern of breathing, it has a feedback loop to our emotional brain, specifically back to the amygdala and other parts of the brain as well. And <clears throat> through breathing techniques, we can calm it overall and then slip into a deeper state of calm and meditation afterwards. So breathing is always a precursor to that deeper relaxation. Yeah. And that enables people to also, and it's also part of our brain retraining. So when people are using the seven step process to retrain, breathing is an intimate part of that as well as smiling because we know that when we put on an artificial smile it impacts uh, on so many levers within the brain and the body yeah yeah powerful stuff for sure let's talk about this study that uh that you guys recently got published out of the journal of clinical medicine and the title of it is mindfulness-based program plus amygdala and insula retraining so the stuff that you've been talking about as we've as we've gone on in this interview for the treatment of women with fibromyalgia, and it was a pilot randomized control trial. Now, randomized control trial is, you know, the, you know, obviously uh, it's the gold standard when you're trying to compare some sort of a therapy. And so let's talk about the results that you guys saw with this. Well, we're very excited to, uh, yeah. to have, we've spent literally 10 years working on this, yeah. um, you know, pushing to get trials in this area, experimental area is very tough. So this is, as far as we know, the first randomized control trial ever published on a limbic retraining or brain retraining type mm. program. Um, and uh, so we took two groups of people, um, uh, all with a diagnosis of fibromyalgia, and one had relaxation techniques. So that was the control group. Um, and then another group had the equivalent time with the Gupta program. 
And um, so obviously it was a good control because we could see, you know, what is actually the effect of relaxation techniques per se and an equivalent amount of practitioner time. And this was simply an eight week intervention. So we encourage our patients with the Gupta program to follow it for at least three to six months as a minimum to really get good results. But this was just an eight week right. intervention. And just with that eight weeks, um, we found a 37% reduction in fibromyalgia scores in the active Gupta program mm. group, but 0% in the control group, which is the, you know, the major headline, 50% yeah. uh, increase in perceived health um, in the Gupta program group, but only 16% in the control group, uh, close to a 50% reduction in anxiety and depression with the Gupta program, and close to a 50% reduction in pain catastrophizing, and once again, very small uh, effects in the control group. And then we also measured inflammatory markers. Um, the inflammatory markers were lower in the active Gupta program group, but not necessarily significantly, uh, st mm -hmm. statistically significant. But we did have a good result with BDNF. Now, BDNF is mm -hmm. brain-derived neurotrophic factor, which is often increased in fibromyalgia. And actually, the, um, the Gupta program managed to reduce that and normalize it towards um, healthy controls, which was also a, a great result in terms of having something objective to measure um, as well. So yeah, we, you know, this kind of result just after eight week intervention, we do believe if this was then followed uh, with patients having a six month intervention, yeah. we would get even better uh, results. And in any case, this was this was a great result anyway. So we're really excited by this. And we're pushing for larger scale phase three trials right. to really prove the power of this to the mainstream medical profession. Yeah, really interesting. I mean, it was a pilot study, so it was just a study to see, hey, should we go further with this? But obviously, those results speak for themselves. Uh, I don't think there's any other therapy out there that's getting that kind of results with fibromyalgia patients. In fact, fibromyalgia patients are often really just kind of discarded by the medical field, um, and they're kind of lumped into a box, and most of them really are not, not given hope. And so uh, to see results like that is really, really promising. And you talked about BDNF. So typically, I've learned that BDNF, uh, you know, is a neurotropic growth factor and really important for um, helping prevent against things like dementia and Alzheimer's and activating B BDNF through exercise, through intermittent fasting, through um, good sleep habits, through omega-3 fatty acids, things like that is actually a really positive thing for our health. Now, what's interesting is you said that BDNF levels tend to be higher uh, with fibromyalgia. Why is that? It's an interesting thing. So that I don't think there's any specific uh, theory as to why they would be elevated in fibromyalgia. It's, a, it's kind of a bit of a mystery. There are, there are some certain ideas. I mean, once again, it could be that we're getting an overdrive of a response. Mm. So in uh, various other health conditions like Alzheimer's, as you described, there's almost a kind of underdrive of the system. The system is beginning to almost kind of shut down or not operate effectively. Whereas in fibromyalgia, it's like, all of the systems are magnified in their responses. So it, that could be a reason as to why even those are increased. But once again, it's, it's, it's speculation. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, if there was a pharmaceutical drug that got results like you guys did in that randomized trial, um, we would be seeing a lot of commercials for that. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. So, yes. Exactly. Yeah, and that's, and that's the, the frustrating thing about this is that if you look at 80% of the patients that go into a doctor's surgery these days, most of the time, they can't really do much. They can give you anti-inflammatories, they can give you pain medication, they can give you antidepressants, but actually they're not getting to the core of it because they are software yeah. problems. That's the new modern illness. Right. And to get a result like this, we really want to make this mainstream. And we as the Gupta program don't even want to hold on to the IP. 
because yeah. this is so crucial. We simply want to say, let's get the large trials, and then we're happy to train up anybody in the protocol and get this into mainstream medicine. Yep. Yep. Really good. Really interesting stuff. Now, obviously, we've got COVID-19 going on, and a lot of people have been affected by that. And obviously, a lot of people's livelihoods have been affected. I mean, just it's been, you know, whether you've been affected and had a bad health outcome, or maybe family members had a bad health outcome, or maybe you've lost your job, or, um, you know, just been just been worried about the condition. There's a lot of trauma that's gone on with this. You know, not only like we talked about, you had mentioned the flu. So obviously, the virus can create trauma on us, but also just the psychological aspect of the lockdown, uh, people losing their jobs, family members getting sick. So you created this 10-day coronavirus series. So let's talk about that. Uh, yes. Yeah, so <clears throat> in April, we decided that, look, you know, we've done a lot of research into the immune system and what's effective. So let's create a 10-day program to support people. Instead of saying it's just social isolation that's the, the way forward, actually boosting our own, own immune system is us being empowered against the virus. Yeah. So this 10-day program looks at what we call the men's Gupta program. So the men's protocol is mind, exercise, nighttime routine, and diet. So the four components of our health, the four key components. So in this 10-day program, and it's completely free and not-for-profit, so um, especially with you know second and third waves that are happening in Europe and, and America, it's really important we embrace this. So the mind is all about uh, some of the studies on meditation and how it impacts on our immune system and helps us offset viruses. And so uh, we're looking at the existing research on other coronaviruses and uh, flu virus. And we found that there are things you can do that can decrease your chances of infection by 50 to 60%, right? Uh, in terms of mind. Uh, in fact, meditation has been shown to be even more powerful than exercise. So then E for exercise, if you then exercise as well, imagine the impact you're having on your immune system. Yeah. Thirdly, nighttime routine. We know that actually, if you're getting bad sleep or you're getting less sleep, you can actually have a higher chance of infection by five or six times, a factor right. of five or right. six, right? So getting the nighttime sleep right is great. Getting the sleep routine and getting enough sleep and the quality of sleep. And finally, D for diet. Now, diet is the default one that most people turn to when they think of their health problems, etc. But in our research, actually, the mind, the exercise, the nighttime routine are just as powerful in, as diet, if not more powerful. Mm -hmm. um, so getting our diet right and eating all the things for our microbiome, and that's obviously, uh, you know, your listeners will be very yeah. au fait with that kind of work that you do, um, is incredibly important as well. But if we combine the men's protocol with these four factors, I believe that it can have such a powerful impact on our ability to mm. resist COVID-19. And actually, this was something that governments needed to do right from the start. It was an opportunity to get yeah. the population healthy, get people on vitamin D, get them exercising, right. you know, make this a health, uh, you know, a kind of health policy challenge. And yet all that happened was all the resources got poured into obviously vaccine research, which is absolutely fine. But this area was neg neglected, which is why we did the research day and night uh, over two weeks and published this within two weeks of lockdown. Um, and we've got all the scientific um, uh, references as well. So we've researched you know, two to 300 uh, research studies on what really impacts the immune system. Well, wow, it's really great that you've done this. <clears throat> and how many people are so far are going through your program? Your so we have about four thousand. So we have about yeah. four thousand people going through the coronavirus challenge. As I said, yeah. it's free. It's not for profit. It's just our clinic giving back. So we'd love more people to um, to, to try it. 
Yeah, so good. And so the Gupta program, how does somebody get started with that? So they'd go to your website um, and they go ahead and they just get signed up. So they, you go to guptaprogram.com yeah. and there you can sign up for a free trial. Okay. So you can find lots of free videos. You can understand how it works and see whether this type of approach is right for you. And then if somebody is interested, they can then uh, purchase the Gupta program, which is all online. So all the videos and audio exercises, everything is on there. And you also receive a manual and a floor chart in the post as well. So there's some resources you get. And we have a very supportive forum as well. So you can chat to like-minded people, support yeah. each other. <clears throat> and we've trained yeah. 30 to 40 coaches around the world as well to deliver the Gupta program treatment if you need that as a support. And until we get that large-scale phase three trial that you know finally and definitively proves this, we offer a one-year money-back guarantee. So people can yeah. use it for a minimum of six months. If they notice no improvement, they can return it, get their money back, uh, no questions asked, because we want people to use that money for something else that can benefit them. So people have got nothing to lose by giving the program a go and seeing the powerful effects it can have. And we found that actually it's a general health tonic. Yeah. That whatever condition you're experiencing, even if it isn't a chronic illness, but it's, let's say, you generally find that you don't quite have the energy that you want, mm -hmm. or you generally find that you've got stomach and digestive issues, that you're trying different things, but it doesn't seem to work. And, you know, people become obsessed with this. They're like, right, oh, I didn't have my chia seeds this morning. Oh, that's why <laughs> That's why I've got stomach issues. Oh, it's because I ate that thing. And what's happening is they're increasing their mm. layers of anxiety through these exclusion right. diets, because it's not getting to the root cause of what actually is the the challenge sure an exclusion diet and supplements can support um the gut dealing with a difficult uh, type of food or a difficult overstressed environment but it's not going to the, the root cause of why is it not responding effectively in the first place yeah. so the gupta program can help with so many different general health conditions so, and we believe it brings the the brain the body to its optimal healing mm. state to yeah. be able to be its own best healer and for instance, detoxification, we know that the body itself is its own best detoxifier right. when it's put in the right state to be able to achieve that when it's in the parasympathetic state. Yeah. Yes. Yep. And so many people are in sympathetic dominance. And you guys also have seen really good results that, uh, that you've published with anxiety, with depression. Do you want to talk about any of that as well? <laughs> yeah. So um, chronic anxiety so yeah. when it's become so severe, it's impacting someone's life. There are similar brain pathways that are being used there. Now, once again, the brain doesn't care that that's deemed a psychological condition. As far as it's concerned, it's a protective response. Mm -hmm. yeah. And once again, pain uh, responses, pain conditions is a similar thing. It's a protective response. So uh, in terms of depression, depression isn't something that we formally treat with our program because we right. do believe that obviously in that category, uh, in terms of people being taken care of, they need to be working with a doctor. But yes, we do know people who have used our program for depression and have been able to mm -hmm. gently work their way out of it. Um, and as you've seen from the study, we had a 50% drop in, in depression scores after eight weeks, which in and of itself yes. is a groundbreaking result. Mm, that's right. Uh, now, often, now, often in fibromyalgia, the depression is as a result of the symptomatology. So there's a linkage there, but nevertheless, um, the, what, what we've shown here is that this is the new frontier of medicine, that mm. retraining the brain for all these chronic conditions that doctors can't treat and people are going from practitioner to practitioner trying to understand what's going on. Let's get to the root cause of this. 
Absolutely. Well, this has been a really, really fascinating interview. And those of you guys that are listening, definitely check out the Gupta program. We'll have a link in our show notes that you can go in and uh, start that free trial. You know, especially again, if you're dealing with any of these issues, like we've talked about pain issues, fibromyalgia, uh, possibly Lyme disease or electro hypersensitivity. Um, you know, we have, we have people, listeners with every kind of condition out there, you know, and if you've been dealing with something that's plateaued or you just really want to fine tune your health, this is a fantastic program to do. You know, we're entering into the new year here, and this is a great time to start a program that's going to help you think better, help you uh, sleep better, and just overall radically improve your life and your health and, 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 retrain that brain, retrain that limbic system to take back control your health. So definitely check it out. You got the free trial, like you said, um, you know, if you want to continue with the program and you don't see the results that you want, you can get your money back uh, within a year. So you really have nothing to lose there. So check that out. And Ash Talk, this has been a fantastic interview. Any last words of inspiration for our audience? Yes. A couple of things I want to share. Firstly, there are other programs out there, other approaches, and we just want to emphasize what's different about us because when people are looking for what to, to do. The first thing is we go for a, a very compassionate approach, which recognizes that many people have experienced trauma in their past. So we go into helping people understand that. We're not a boot camp approach, which is do this again and again and again yeah. and force your mind because that can often create even more anxiety. Mm. And secondly, we're about the long-term effects. So it's about not just let's get better now, but what caused your illness in the first place? What kind of personality char characteristics made you push beyond your limits? Okay, so right. it's very much a, a, about the long-term benefit. We want people to stay well for the rest of their lives. And finally, just want to finish and say, whatever challenge you're facing, however difficult it feels, this is just the artificial chemical environment that the brain gets into as a result of these conditions, which lowers dopamine, lowers serotonin. You might be feeling down, depressed about your illness, but there is a way through. You can heal. You can move forward and get your life back. So many before you have done this and you can too. So that's the inspiration I want to give to everybody. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Gupta. Guys, check out his program and we'll see you in a future interview. Be blessed, everybody. Well, that's all for this show. And I want to thank you again for spending your valuable time with me today. And if there was something you heard in this interview that you have questions on or you want to dive into deeper, then drjockers.com is the best place to go. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider taking just a quick moment and giving us a great review. Your reviews help us influence more people and transform more lives. And if you took something valuable away from this episode, then please share it with someone in your life you know it can help. We'll see you soon on a future podcast. Be blessed, everybody.